0: well this evening we'll be in Esther chapter 10 verses 1 through 3 we've managed to come all the way through the book of Esther and here in the last three verses we see you might say the happy ending of the book of Esther it just kind of wraps it all up and tells us not even about Esther as much as it does about King Ahasuerus and Mordecai. And what happens in the kingdom after this point. So we'll start reading there in Esther chapter 10 and verse 1 where it says, And the King Ahasuerus laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea and all the acts of his power and of his might and the declaration of the greatness of Mordecai Whereunto the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was next unto king Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews, and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people, and speaking peace to all his seed. Before we go any further, I ask that you join me in prayer. God, we thank you that you show us that you're a God who blesses those who are obedient to you, who follow you and turn to you even when the situation seems perhaps hopeless. We know what the book of Esther tells us was Mordecai's situation and Esther's situation and the situation of the Jews and how it seemed hopeless and yet you show us here that you're a God who takes those kind of circumstances and turns them around and we thank you for that we pray this evening that you give me the words that need to be spoken help us to take this message to apply it in our lives that this would be your words not my own We pray for our church you would guide us in the direction you would have us to go we pray especially for those around us who are lost who don't know jesus christ as their savior help us to share the gospel with them before it's too late give us a burden for those around us who are lost that we would share the gospel with them we pray for the many on our prayer list that you meet those needs in accordance with your will Help us to understand your will as you do so and we pray that when we leave here today you'd help us to take all that we see throughout your word and to apply it in our lives that we would live in a way that would bring honor and glory to you we know that so many times we fail, but yet help us to turn away from those things that sidetrack us from doing so and instead to draw closer to you and be more obedient to you we ask all these things in Jesus name because we love him amen don't we all like stories with happy endings you know that's one of the nice things about the book of Esther is we've seen the whole entire story at this point and the first couple of chapters this sure didn't seem like a book that could have a happy ending also as we've Mentioned throughout looking at it. It's an interesting book in that it never mentions God in it. But yet you see him at work throughout it. And now we see what has God brought about. He's brought about what you might say is a happy ending. Here in these last three verses it tells us the outcome for Mordecai. Mordecai, who had raised Esther as his own child, even though she wasn't, had taken her in as his own daughter and was the one who prompted her to be obedient to God by asking her, who knows whether you're come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And now we see the outcome. For this man in these last few verses much like our own modern fairy tales it's basically saying you know he lived happily ever after we see mainly one thing in our passage this evening which is that God blesses those who righteously obey We know what kind of man Mordecai was. We've seen it throughout the book of Esther. And now we see what happens with Mordecai. Now notice it doesn't start off talking about Mordecai in chapter 10 and verse 1, even though it's really focused on Mordecai. It tells us, chapter 10 verse 1, it says, And the king Ahasuerus, laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea. Now the first thing it tells is that Ahasuerus comes up with a tax. As he laid a tribute upon. So he decides to collect for his kingdom. Now this is an unusual thing to put in the ending of this story. But notice the rest of the story. We see who's advising him, who's guiding him in the decisions that he's making. It says, And all the acts and power and of his might. You know, all the things that have happened here with King Ahasuerus, they're recorded. It says, All the acts of his power and of his might. It says, And the declaration of of the greatness of Mordecai whereunto the king advanced him are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia. So what the writer here at Esther tells us is that if you went to those old records these secular records that King Ahasuerus had wrote down of his kingdom you know what you would find? you would find not only how mighty King Ahasuerus was, but you would find a lot in there about how good Mordecai was at being his right-hand man. Mordecai showed up in there quite a bit. And we we would see, it says, The declaration of the greatness of Mordecai whereunto the king advanced him. All the things that Mordecai did, And why would we see this? It says, For Mordecai the Jew was next on the king Ahasuerus. Basically, if you were to compare their political structure to ours nowadays, this would be like the equivalent of if King Ahasuerus was Donald Trump, then Mordecai would be his Mike Pence. He was the second in command. He was... The man who had that much authority. He was his second in command. He's next unto king of Now think about it. We see at the beginning of this story where is Mordecai? He's a man that sits out in the gates. Everybody knows he's a smart man because he's one of the men that sits in the gates. One of these people that people walk by and talk to and think that he's wise enough to sit there in the gates and give advice. He's raising this young girl who he's adopted. <coughs> but you know, he's sitting out there at the gate. Whereas at the beginning of the story, wicked Haman is the one who's got this position that Mordecai has got but what we see at the end of the story is Haman we know by this point has been killed for his treachery and Mordecai takes his place but Mordecai is greater in this position than Haman ever thought about being he's a far greater second in command of the kingdom than Haman ever could have been. But he's not just great at being part of King Ahasuerus' kingdom, is he? It tells us he's great among the Jews. So not only is he respected as a political leader by King Ahasuerus and by the people there, but he's respected by the Jews. It says, accepted of the multitude of his brethren. You know, the Jews are glad to have Mordecai in this position. Why? Because God is looking out for the Jews. Mm -hmm. It was no coincidence that God allowed the second in command of the whole entire kingdom of King Ahasuerus to be a Jewish man and a righteous Jewish man at that. If you look at history, you really wouldn't have wanted to be disliked by King Ahasuerus. He was not a pleasant king. (laughs) History would tell us that he's pretty brutal to his enemies. But here, his second in command is a Jewish man. He's married to a Jewish woman. And the Jews are ruled over by him. You don't think that God knew what he was doing there? You don't think God had this all as a part of his plan, taking care of his people? Because it tells us where Mordecai is at in this position. It says he's seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. You know, he's out there looking for any policy he can implement that benefits the Jewish people. And we know from what we've seen in the book of Esther, that wouldn't have been a hard thing for him to do with the way King Ahasuerus was, because King Ahasuerus was the type that he'd just hand him the ring and say... Here, write whatever you want to write. Mm -hmm. I'll sign it. He's speaking peace to all his seed. He's also keeping his people peaceful. So you know, in a way, that even benefited King Ahasuerus. (coughs) But it ultimately mostly benefited God's people. You know, we see it go from the Jews being what you might say second-rate people in the kingdom (coughs) to the Jews having perhaps the most honor out of anybody in the whole entire kingdom. Mordecai being basically the second most important person in the whole entire country besides the king himself and the Jewish people being blessed. Now that, you could say, is a happy ending to this story. Now I like I mentioned earlier, we all like happy endings, don't we? Me and Summer went last night I took Summer to the movies. And we went and saw Frozen 2. Now, all of us know with them Disney movies, with all them princesses, every time at the end, how's that movie going to end? It's going to end with what you might say would be a happy ending. That's just the way those Disney movies go. You know, Every time you watch one of them, you already know that. I didn't know what the story was going to be, but I knew that was how it was going to end before I walked in that movie theater. I knew that's just how that worked. You know, do we realize that that's the way God works, is in happy endings? You know, perhaps his happy endings aren't the way we think they'd be. You know, we even see that. You go to a movie and you, you watch enough movies with happy endings and you know it's not all of them in the way you think they're going to. Read enough books with happy endings and you know it's not all of them in the way you think they're going to. But then they come around to an ending, don't they? You know, if we look at the Bible, we find that God works a lot like that. God works with happy endings. You look over at the end of Revelation, you wouldn't think that'd be a book with a happy ending, would you? When you start reading the beginning of it, and what do we see? A new heaven and a new earth. Look at the story of the crucifixion. That doesn't sound like a story that's going to have a happy ending. But on that third day we find out it sure does you know what we see here is that God ultimately ends all things in a way that benefits his people now we may not always understand it I'm sure the Jews at points during during Esther's day Kind of question: How this is all going to turn out? They question: How is this all going to work out in a way that's going to benefit us? But they knew that God would take care of it. You see, Mordecai knew that especially, didn't he? When he was telling Esther that she needed to step up and approach the king, he says. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? There in Esther chapter 4 and verse 14, he says that. What does he know? That God's going to take care of his people. He knows this story is going to have a happy ending. He doesn't know how. Esther recognizes this too. Because she says. In verse 16. And so will I go in unto the king. Which is not according to the law. And if I perish. I perish. She says you know. I want to give up my life. Because I know. But this all ends in a way that brings honor and glory to God. If I perish, I perish. What do we see the New Testament tells us? It says that we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Or the call according to his purpose. So we see that in the New Testament, this same concept that even though we may not understand how it's going to end, we may not understand what's going to take place, and it may not take place the way we'd like it to. You know, I'm sure the Jews would have much rather had it where God just solved all their problems and they didn't have to get up and fight for a couple of days. That would have been a whole lot easier. But you notice that wasn't what God did for them. Instead, God made them fight for a couple of days. Now, none of them ended up dying, but hundreds of others did who attacked them. So we see that maybe it doesn't end the way we think it will. Maybe it doesn't end in a way that we think would be the best. But any story with God in it and his people comes to what ultimately boils down to a happy ending. And that is one of the most wonderful things that we see in Scripture, that God has it all under control, whether we understand it or not. Three simple verses, which basically tell us Oh, this king, he put out taxes and his second-in-command did a lot of things that are wrote down in history that we're not going to even bother to write down here because you can find them elsewhere. And he was next under King Ahasuerus. He was great among the Jews, accepted of the multitude of his brethren, and he looked out for his people. And that's all it says. But what it really says Tells us that God's in control of all of it. We see this evening we can trust God's perfect plan. You know, God has it all under control whether we understand it all or not. Whether we can sit there and say, Okay, I see that this is specifically what God has planned or not. God's got it all under control. Even when we don't even see him in it. Here's a whole entire book that you never see his name mentioned, and he's got it all under control in it. So evidently working in it that you can't deny that this book is about him. But yet his name never shows up once. God's got a perfect plan. We see this, like I said, just basically a summary. It kind of says they lived happily ever after. King Ahasuerus goes back to being a normal, ordinary king. Mordecai goes on and does the things you'd expect for the second in command of the country and takes care of the Jewish people. And in all this, we see God is blessing Mordecai. God is blessing the Jews. He took care of them in all of it. He was looking out for people who cried out to him in all of it. And we know they did. Because it tells us they did. They cried out to him. That's what it's talking about. They fasted. You know, all the Jews that were there that they could get a hold of, they fasted. Why were they fasting? To seek God's will. They were righteous, they trusted in God and God took care of them, took care of all the Jewish people because of a handful of righteous ones there in Shushan seeking his will when we read this what we can take away from it is that we can know that what God brings about is best for his people for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ that truth holds true just as much today As it did in the days of Esther. I can trust today that God has a perfect plan just as much as they could in the day of Esther. Now does that perfect plan always end the way we want it to? Absolutely not. How many people do we see throughout history who have been martyred for the cause of Christ? Happy birthday. And yet. Ultimately all that was for God's perfect plan. We may not understand it. We may not see it. I could keep us here at midnight just telling you all the ones that you could sit there and think, now how in the world was that for God's perfect plan? But yet it was. Like I said we may not understand it, but it tells us we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord for the called according to his purpose. In other words, if we believe in Jesus Christ, we know that everything that happens is working together for that happy ending. We may not understand how. We may not understand why. But you know, I don't have to understand the how or the why to know that it's the truth. I don't have to understand how something works to know that it does work. I've got a watch on my wrist. and I can tell you, I couldn't tell you how in the world that thing works. I've looked at all the gears and knobs and everything else in the back of it, and there's no way I could understand that. But I know what time it is when I look at my wrist. I don't have to understand the how. I don't have to understand the why. I just have to know this truth. And that's the wonderful thing. I look at everything that happens and say, I may not understand how or understand why. But I know this all comes around to an ending that brings glory to God. And I can take peace in that as a Christian. For the lost person, they can have that same peace if they just turn to Jesus Christ. It's that simple. They can turn to Jesus Christ and have that same peace knowing that everything is for God's glory. Even when we don't understand it. For those of us that do believe, that ought to make our day better. Because even when bad times come, we can say, you know, I may not understand how or why or what this is for. But I know that this all turns out good in the end. And that should give us peace and comfort.